Can I start talking like this from now if it, on? If it doesn't put a strain on your vocal cords, go right ahead. Well, it doesn't. It's just really stupid. <laughs> I just feel so dumb talking like this. You sound but like Wolf, Wolfman Jack. I'm Wolfman Jack. <laughs> oh. oh, man. I just... I, I, podcasting's fun. Okay, so, yeah. Uh, what did you do this week, man? I don't, what, what have you been up to? Um, n- nothing much. The usual. Watching movies and stuff like that. Um, I did finally watch something I probably should have watched before we did our top films of the year list a few weeks oh, back. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, I, that, and that was Shoplifters oh, by oh. Hirokazu Kureda. And yeah, it, it made my top Amazing. 10. <laughs> I had to uh, make an, uh, an amendment to my top 10 yeah. uh, because it is that good of a movie. Um, and this was your, fir- your first Kureda film, right? It was my first film from him. And I want to see all of the other ones now. Yeah. I got to get my hands on them. The problem <laughs> is, is fine, the, trying to track them down. Some of, not, yeah, some of some yeah. of them don't have releases and good releases, and some of them are, are you know, I mean, they, they, some of them are a little pricey, you know, like it's just a matter of putting some money down on them. But very true. Uh, and sadly, Shoplifters just came out, but only on DVD, yeah, which I, I think what, is a big, I think is a big insult. I don't know what the hell. I, I, hopefully, maybe that just means that that maybe a label maybe picked it up. Maybe maybe yeah. somebody else picked it up and they it was a last minute thing. And now, like Criterion or or somebody, some some label is going to put it out. That's my hope. Hopefully, and unfortunately, we probably won't see something like that for like. It's going to be like Columbus. It's going to be like Columbus last year. It took Columbus like two years to come out on Blu-ray here in the states. Yeah, it's it's and ridiculous. It's, it's technically not even out yet. Te- I mean, I mean, it was I, technically. I think it was what like more like a year. But like, I mean, like, it, uh, yeah, well. I mean, it's it came out, out and then it took like a, almost a full, little over a full year uh, to finally get some kind of release. And then now it's finally getting an American release. Yeah, that's what it was a release here in the States. Yeah, it's been yeah. like two years. Yeah. Um, I almost forget that we're in 2019. Yeah. 2017 was two years ago, not one year ago. Um, so I watched that and yeah, I absolutely loved it. It's exactly what you had described it to me as, as yeah. an Ozu film dealing with family type things but taking the family dynamic and looking at it in a unique way um, a modern modern society kind of looking at the on the the other side of society in japan which apparently right. is not something they do a lot and a lot of filmmakers do in in that in that country they a lot of times don't really look at that side of society so um, yes wanted that's to true do that, so and i also watched another i guess you could say foreign film um by a canadian director that was Denis Villeneuve's Incendies, Ooh. which came out in 2010. Mm. So that was before he broke out with Prisoners and the other film, and, you know, Arrival Enemy. and Blade Runner and the other film that I... Enemy. Enemy, which yeah. I love. Now, I'm the only one who really loves that movie. But yeah, Incendies is amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, that's... It's an astonishing film. Like, I don't know why it took me you know it's nine okay. years to see it we all, you know we all have the the, the movies that we like want to see and we just don't get around to them and then when we do we're just like completely uh, where was i where was i what was i doing where have yeah. i been all this time I mean, it was only a couple of uh, maybe two or three years ago when i finally watched the godfather movies like yeah. only yeah so it's like but i mean like uh, that was something that came out well before your time like this came out sure, you know, sure. when i was alive you know when i was like 23 <laughs> 
<laughs> but yeah, so I watched that the other night because I had the Blu-ray sitting on my shelf for a while. And I was like, you know what? I'll just pop it in. And then once it was on, I was glued to it for yeah. two hours and ten minutes that it was running. And I was just shocked by the level of amazingness that that movie gave off. The acting, the storytelling, the cinematography has all those Villeneuve things that we've come to know, but they're kind of in their earlier form. You know yeah. what I mean? He's going to hopefully get really his, his chance at an Oscar here someday. I which, thought Arrival was pretty yeah. close. Yeah, I mean, oh yeah, it was the closest he's gotten so far, I think. But I mean, he, I mean, he, I think he's going to get it one day. He's going right. to. There's, it's 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 bound to happen, and and of course that that's a really good uh, segue into our discussion of this episode. We are a at this moment a week away from the ninety first Oscars. We are, uh, and um, so we decided this week we wanted to kind of talk, go back in time as we do a lot, and uh, kind of give talk a little bit of, about the history of the Oscars, where it started, um, some some little tidbits. Uh, about the origins of the Oscars and or the Academy Awards, as 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 they officially are called, yeah. uh, and and then kind of just give a little bit of talk, just briefly talk and talk about some of our favorite and least favorite uh, movies that have been awarded uh, Oscars. Yeah, and then we're gonna and but before we get into that, we're gonna talk some current events with. Oh yes, we do because we have current yeah. Oscar <laughs> award ceremony messiness to, to get into and oh it, it all really happened within the last week since our since our last well, episode yeah i mean and, and and even before that this 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 year's oscars has been plagued with just ridiculousness you know like right uh, you know the, the, if, if people don't know you know the, over the last few you know many years now the ratings for the oscars have slowly dipped and dipped and dipped it's because people you know honestly don't want to stay a lot of people don't want to watch a three and a half hour show um and you know if you live on the east coast it usually ends over a little bit past midnight which is, yes, which is late for people so yeah and, it, uh, and they air it on a sunday night yeah. the next day is a work or, day or for every adult school day for children yeah. um children typically don't stay up till past midnight at least i didn't when i was younger now i do of course but yeah. for me and steven it's not a big deal we're gonna watch it but watch, yeah. for the regular crowd, the general crowd, the interest in it has gone way down. And the Academy has taken several steps in order to kind of, you know, boost the popularity or boost whatever just to get people yeah. interested in it. You could and say it, you could it say hasn't gone well. Yeah, you could say their first shot at that was was back in 2009, right. which is when they up the categories up to up to 10 which is something they they'd done before um yeah. back in the day that they had that many nominations and then i sometime i think during the 60s was uh, it, maybe it was earlier than I that i think it was the 30s or was that, it that was it that far back okay. where they went where they went down to the typical five, five. Or, yeah, yeah five nominees but they decided in 2009 we're going to expand it out to as many as 10 yeah. and they're they're uh, voting system was going to be different. They've actually since changed it since then yeah. to where and now usually, I guess a, a, a movie needs to get like a certain percentage to yeah. be usually nominated. Eight or, usually eight or nine get nominated. Right. And and in a lot of reasons why they did that was because The Dark Knight was the most popular movie of 2008 and wasn't nominated for Best Picture. Yeah, and, even, and they got a lot of credit for it. 
not even just by critics, but by people, you know. Yeah, it was like one of the most critically acclaimed films and the most popular, and the Academy didn't nominate it for Best Picture because there's only so many slots. So they decided to expand it out. And that 2009 list is is interesting. You've got, I believe, Toy Story 3 was nominated up in there, and District 9 was nominated in there. The problem with doing uh, a nine-film list is some of them that are close, some of them that are at the bottom are are just kind of outliers that like, wow, that, yeah. that's probably not going to win, but they just put it in there because, yeah. oh, it's a good enough film. You know what I mean? Um, but but currently they've done other things to try to make make it better. They went with uh, a young, a young, they wanted to go with the younger host a few years ago when they went with yeah. James Franco and Anne Hathaway, two young you know, stars, and that ended up being notoriously a very bad <laughs> ceremony for several reasons. One, rough. James yeah. Franco kind of quit in the middle of it. He yeah. may or may not have uh, smoked marijuana during the ceremony. We're not quite sure. Uh, but Anne Hathaway tried her best. She tried her best to uh, carry that show. And yeah. then, of course, I believe there was a lockout year where they things were a bit messy there because they had a writer strike. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they, they that show was kind of a mess in and of itself. Uh, I think that would may have been the year that Hugh Jackman hosted. I'm not quite it sure. It might have been, yeah. I uh, mean, anywho, I mean, yeah, yeah, there was there was a lot of. I mean, they've tried to find the right. Usually, right. they try to rely on the host to be the thing that brings in the people, and 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 in class and and, and traditionally using comedians, uh, comedians right. or, or late night one of these late night hosts, or, or sometimes comedians too. Uh, Billy Crystal is usually a very popular one. Yeah, he he was one who did it several times in the 80s and 90s. Um, Jimmy Kimmel did the last two years. Yeah, Uh, I mean they had Seth MacFarlane a few years ago. That was was actually one of my favorite ones. It was it was one that was uh, raunchy to say the least. Uh, Raunchy, but at least it was it had some edge. I like it had edge to it. It had edge to it. Um, I believe they used um, um, I can't remember his name. They used Ellen Jenner a few times. Um, they've used, oh, I can't remember, Doogie Hauser. I can't remember his name. Oh, and Neil Patrick Harris. Neil Patrick Harris. I always called yeah. him Doogie Hauser because he used to watch <laughs> that show when I was a kid. He's since gone on to do many other things, but yes, he'll always be Doogie Hauser to me. Um, they tried to use him. And in this year, man. It was going to be uh, Mr. It, Kevin Hart. <laughs> it was going to be Kevin Hart. And then they discovered that he has had, he had very homophobic tweets about, 10 years or so ago. Yeah. During this, during this movement, it was a huge of, backlash. Yeah. During this movement of, uh, you know, PC, this PC culture that we're living on in where people are getting attacked for things that they did many years ago, you know, and, and, you know, I'm not, I'm not, you know, excusing their behavior, but you know, these people have usually since apologized for it, you know, and, and apparently in this case, he, he'd also apologized for it before. Um, and then right. basically they were asking him to apologize again. And he and wouldn't do it initially. Do it. And then he kind of gave one of those non-apologies Back- apologies. Backhanded, you know. Anywho, so he decided I'm not going to do it because I'm getting so yeah. much backlash for it. It's just, it's just not worth it. Yeah. And basically they couldn't get anyone else because nobody wants to be in that spotlight or have that pressure or anything like that. And there was there were rumors that they may rehire Kevin Hart to do it, but then that never happened. Yeah. So now we have a hostless oscars which it's is not the first which, yeah. not the first time this has happened but yeah. i believe it notoriously happened back in 1988 i want to say it had a hostless oscars and apparently it was 
not didn't go very not well. Good not good show. <laughs> uh, shockingly, when you have a rudderless ship, you don't really go anywhere meaningful. Yeah. Um, so that's going to be very interesting. But this actually started this kind of Ask Academy Awards current mess started when they wanted to introduce yeah. the popular movie category. Oh my god! And people heard about this and were like, "What? What is this? The People's Choice Awards? What is? Yeah, what like, is what this here?" I mean, it's, it gets into that conversation of, of just, I mean, look, I mean, we, we all know these films, art is subjective and, 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 and awards in general can, or just kind of honestly could be a little bit ridiculous, you know, like it's art, like to award these awards to art, which is all, you know, everybody's opinion anyway, it's right. kind of ridiculous, but, you know, since it is a thing, um, you know, why are we, why are we lessening our, our, apparently which is supposed to be one of the it's supposed to be with the top award show of the year and giving it an award based around popularity yeah like, popularity isn't something that you can evaluate art. you know what i mean it's <laughs> it's not like you can't eva like that piece of art is popular therefore it's good you know what i mean like you're supposed to have artistic merit to it for me i think the academy awards have thrown that whole artistic merit thing in 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 the waste bin years once ago. They, once, yeah, once the ratings started going down, and now they're making things all about ratings. Yeah, um, now it, it's, it's getting even before then. You've heard all kinds of rumors going back decades of people uh, bribing people for votes, and yeah. uh, you know, winning Oscars based off of like yet again popularity and campaigning. It's very political. Yeah, yeah. Um, how much? It, it really is based on how much money and effort a studio puts behind a film or a person. Um, all that kind of stuff. Um, this is no big surprise. Uh, Harvey Weinstein was notoriously good at doing this back in the 90s, which is why a lot of people think his films that he was part of, you know, producing and whatnot, distributing, got so many awards at the time, particularly yeah. Shakespeare in Love winning Best Picture over Saving Private Ryan, or even um, The English Patient also winning Best Picture. You know, stuff like that. And we've come to know that Harvey Weinstein is pretty much a terrible person. So that's not out of the realm of possibilities. Definitely, definitely you know? sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah, definitely sounds about right for somebody whose morality apparently doesn't exist. Um, so that happened. And then they put the whole kibosh on that. No popular, no popular movie category this year. Keep yeah. that in mind because they may return to it. But then they decided, okay... You know, like Steven said, this is a three-hour-plus show. We got to get it down to to three hours max. We got to get it to 180 minutes. And, and you know, I, I mean, to an extent, I I understand that. Like, I, like right. I I think that there needs to be a, they need to find a way to tighten the show up a little bit. Um, for for general audiences, if I'm not just being selfish and you know not care, you know, because I honestly we like we said we don't care. We will watch this show no matter right. how long it is. But I can understand want, from a business perspective yeah, why they, they want to do. Got to tighten it up. So, right. so, so go on. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, now they're deciding that they want to show some categories and not all of them. You know, like, here we go. Yeah. So there's 24 <laughs> categories to get through currently. And they wanted to show, they wanted to do four of them during commercial breaks. So therefore yeah. they wouldn't be live on television, but they were going to be broadcasted later on in the broadcast they were going to be shown later on in the broadcast in kind of an edited down form you know they won't yeah. show people coming up to the stage they probably will cut out a little bit of the 
the banter, I guess, with the ho- with the presenters. I don't know how they were going to cut this out. But anywho, they were going to show it later, and they were also going. They, they also said, "Oh, it's going to be live on YouTube as well, or live on their stream on the Academy Awards website." But this led to a huge backlash this week, yeah. where actors, directors, producers, people like us, fans, just really took a huge dump all over the Academy Awards for this. <laughs> they really did. Social media was aflame, and there was nothing from the Academy Awards. There was no response on Twitter since the announcement. There was just kind of radio silence. And then and then the ASC, which is the Cinematographers Association, uh, wrote a very strongly worded letter uh, you know, against this. And then Apparently, members of the ASC met with members of the Academy, the head of the Academy, and it was decided that the Academy is going to air every single yeah. uh, category live during the broadcast, which means the broadcast will be, once again, over three hours long. <laughs> so well, they had yeah. to walk that back. Well, you know, it's, <laughs> honestly, we, and we've, I think we've said this before, if there's anything you want to get rid of, get rid of the songs, man. I mean, like, look, you can, you, you, they're still nominated. Do we have to perform all the songs? They like, wanted to do that as well. They were initially only going to do two of the songs, yeah. performances. I think there's the four thing, nominations. The thing is, like, I, I know why they want to do them. I know they want to do them because they think that it'll bring ratings in. If they perform right. song these songs, with, especially like this year with Lady Gaga and, and Bradley Cooper, like yeah. do that song Shallow would be is probably something people would want to see. But right. didn't they do that shit at the Grammys too? Or something? Didn't they already do that once? No, she did it. I don't think Bradley Cooper did. I think she performed the song though. I know it actually. The movie actually won a Grammy. Like, yeah. Actually, won a couple of Grammys. Yeah. Um, so I mean, I so mean, Bradley Cooper has a Grammy now. If anybody, yeah, yeah, no, right. it's crazy. So he he's really close to getting that coveted EGOT. Yeah, I think yeah. all he needs is a uh, well, he needs an Oscar. And he needs a Tony, and he needs an Emmy. There you go. Yeah. Mm. The thing is, is you could they can do what they said they wanted to do with these categories and do them with the performances. You don't need to show these performances live. I, I like, know. Yeah. I, I know you're. Yeah. You're. You've been saying that for a while. Um. Yeah. And I know there's a lot of people who actually love the performances. They love the musical performances. So therefore, they were upset when they were only going to do two of them because it's not right for the other nominees and all that kind of stuff. It's it's a tough you know, tight rope to walk because what do you get rid of? How do you tighten this up? You know, I don't think airing the, uh, you know, four categories during commercials is, is the right thing to do because even if they, because they said they were going to air them later on during the broadcast anyways. So are you really losing that much time? You know what I mean? It it wouldn't make up for much time. And secondly, it's obvious, it's disrespectful to the, to the, to the, people that work on the movies in them categories. Right. Like, you know, it's, you're, you're and, saying that these are not as important. And the categories were best cinematography, best editing, which are quite possibly two of the, two most, of the most important, important things for <laughs> filmmaking. You know, I think most directors would say cinematography is like the most important thing. Yeah, and then secondary to that editing is what, how you make your movie. Yeah. Editing is literally where the movie is made. Yeah. And the other two were, uh, it was, I, b- I believe it was makeup and hairstyling, makeup and hairstyling. And then the last one was, I think it was best, um, live action, short film, live action, short. Yeah. And it's very interesting how they were going to, you know, do that, <laughs> do, do that one. And like the live action short was going to get snubbed, but the other, li- the other short yeah. films were going to, 
get put on air. I don't know. I don't know who made the decision to, you know, pick these four specific yeah. categories. I don't know whether it's just because where they where they were slotted to show up during the broadcast, yeah. you know, that those were the opportune times to have commercials, I guess. I don't really know. But all I know is all of it's been corrected back and we're back to square one minus a host, which could lead to literally any type of shenanigans happening. Yeah. So it's going to be very interesting. Are we just going to um, hand, you know, cue cards to celebrities and they're going to start talking is there just going to be a narrator, you know, saying, and next coming up to present the category of whatever is, you know, such and such. Is, I mean, like, look, I like a, I like a good host. I like it to be, I, I like, do. you know, but, but thing is, is like another idea for these movie, these, these video packages they put together, a lot of times they're super long. They that, are. that takes up a lot of time in the show. Take that, some of that shit away. Like, like, there's ways to tighten this show up, and you guys are picking some of the dumbest ways. Yeah, I think also what a lot of the, a lot of the shit, uh, um, shenanigans, but not shenanigans, but kind of the stunts that they pull in the middle of the show. Some of them work, some of them don't. And you know, if you want to cut something, you could cut those. You know, you know, remember the one where they had the people who were on like the Hollywood tour be brought in a few years ago. Yeah. There was one where Ellen DeGeneres brought the pizza delivery guy on stage yeah, and she yeah. handed out pizza to all she the went around the I mean, crowd these are all, all fun. The selfies. selfie thing, yeah. These yeah. are fun things to do, and they and they bring a lot of levity to the award show. But I mean, there are things you could lose and if you want if you want to sacrifice time sure um granted they're all you know it's all subjective some people love them some people don't but like we've said um, since the beginning we we liked tough. it we, we're fine we get it we're fine we, we're fine with it i'll watch it i'll stay up late on a work night yeah know, i'll, and, I'll and be it. up i'll be up late watching it myself but with all that being said about the current show let's go all the way back to the first academy awards all, all the way back all the way back in the in the cinema discovery machine to mm. the late 1920s towards the end of the silent era and the first academy award presentation was on may 16th 1929 at a private dinner at the hollywood roosevelt hotel with about 270 people i mean just and, think about that yeah that's kind of crazy and it wasn't broadcast on there was no tv at the no, time no. and it wasn't even on the radio nope just so think about the, it. You can go go up the street to your hotel, <laughs> like big nice hotel, like you know, like a uh, Holiday Inn Express, and that's where they had the first Oscars. Uh, in, like a I, nice I holiday. Think was, I, I think it was a little more swanky than that. But, I don't know, man. Uh, I mean, back then, back then, you know, they uh, probably yeah, this was this was put on by Louis B. Mayer, who was yeah. the head of MGM at the time, because by that point they had already merged to create MGM. Um, Louis B. Mayer's company and a couple other companies already merged to create MGM. Um, and he is actually kind of the the founder of the Academy Awards because he he founded the um Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences and Sciences, which is AMPAS, which still exists today. And at the time it was a way to celebrate kind of the five big branches of filmmaking. Um, you know, directing and cinematography, acting. but they called they called it engineering, but it was acting and writing and stuff like that. And it, there have since been many, many uh, facets grown since. But if you notice on the award, the Academy Award statue itself, he is sitting on a reel of film that has yeah. the five, um, you know, holes in them to represent the original five um, yeah. 
categories, if you will. Not categories, but, you know, facets of filmmaking and all that kind of yeah. stuff. So he was kind of the founder of the Academy Awards. And the ticket for that Academy Awards was $5. Mm. But $5 in... 1929 is the equivalent of like $73 today. Yeah. So a bit of a, a bit of an expensive piece yeah, back not then. Not too bad for the movie stars. Yeah, uh, no, you know. <laughs> no, no, 300 people. There were only 12 categories at the time. Um, and the award ceremony itself only lasted about 15 minutes. And you may, be, you may be wondering why it only lasted 15 minutes. Well, that is because the awards winners were announced three months earlier. So, so they just handed everybody out trophies. Knew. They were literally just handing out trophies and getting to an after party. So it was <laughs> more like it was, it was more like a little league soccer game <laughs> or baseball game where like at the end of the year you get like participation trophies and you're just like here you get a trophy and you get a trophy. So yeah, it's kind of yeah, but yeah. they they there were of course nominees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There were of course um you know winners. Um the categories back then were worded differently and there was much different than they were now you know they of course they had outstanding picture which was best picture they had best unique and artistic picture which was different than best picture um <laughs> they had two best director categories they had best director for a comedy picture and best director for a dramatic picture and i think this was the only year that they did that i think they got rid of that after this year and of course they had best actor best actress uh, best original story, best adaptation, which of course it would yeah. evolve into what we know know as they are now. Uh, best art direction, which is now known as best uh, production design. Um, yeah, yeah. That actually changed in like 2012. I was so gonna say it wasn't that long ago. Yeah. Yeah, that's a recent change. Best cinematography, which we know. Best engineering effects and best title writing. I'm guessing opening time credits credit yeah, i'm assuming yeah. which is something they don't have now uh honorary awards at the time was given to charlie chaplin um and of course and i think one brother's production uh for producing the jazz singer which uh had um the, i think it was the first sound film the jazz singer yeah 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 uh and this is very very small very very small compared to what we know as as it is now, um, Wings won Best Picture that year. It is the first Best Picture winner. It is the only silent film to win Best Picture. Um, it is no, also, well, te uh, don't say not. it. Don't say it. It's the artist. Uh, the artist, the artist, the artist had also. the artist had talking at the end of it. Apparently, you didn't get all the way through <laughs> the artist to uh, see. That I didn't. Moment. No, I didn't even see. I haven't even seen the movie. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> no, I haven't even seen it. I just assumed it was a complete silent movie because that's what it, they were making it out to be. It it is all the way up until the very very end. Um, so I would I would watch that if oh, if you are so, if, so, if you are yeah, inclined so, to. I'm sorry, ninety five percent silent film <laughs> or whatever. That is true. Um, if if you're wondering, you know, where is the some of the categories we know today? Um, best animated feature wasn't introduced until 2001. The two for the films wow. coming out in 2001. Um, best foreign language film wasn't introduced until 1957. So that that's kind of a current one. There are other categories that are uh, since been discontinued, if you will. They had a best assistant director category. <laughs> 
which is, I mean, I mean assistant, sure, I mean, assistant like, directors don't get enough love. Assistant director or second unit director, yeah, I guess. Yeah, they don't get enough love in general. No, but, no, no, no. Uh, right. And that was, that, that was from 1932-33 awards because in the first couple of award ceremonies, they were grouped into two-year intervals versus yeah. the one year we have now. You like, like, for example, all the movies that are nominated at the in the awards in a week are all from 2018 you know yeah, so yeah. all the ones for next year will be for 2019 the first several award ceremonies were grouped into like two, two year couplets yeah. basically and that happened for a little while that happened all the way up until 1934 i believe or 1933 don't quote me on that i have to look that up but other categories that i just find fascinating is um best dance direction they had That's, from 1935 I mean, yeah. to 1937. The thing is, is, back then, there were a lot more musicals were in production. Yes. Is, you know, so that was kind of a regular thing. Um, let's see. Best uh, best musical or comedy score they actually had from 1995 to 1998. So that's kind wow. of more recent. Um, best, a lot of short subject things that they've kind of consolidated. They had best so short subject one one reel from 1936 to 1956 best short subject two reel 1936 to 1956 best short subject color best short short subject comedy best short subject novelty so there was a lot of yeah. short film love that they've since um gotten rid of and all of those were in like the 30s for a couple of years and kind of they got rid of um back in the day they also had a they had a juvenile award for they did have a juvenile and that was like a special award. it wasn't even like a you weren't even nominated for that it was just honorary, like honorary oscars are now yeah um it was an honorary that, oscar they only did it maybe i think look five or six times it was uh yeah, shirley they did it from, temple yeah they did won. it from thir they did it from 34 to 1960 so there were quite yeah. a few yeah, yeah shirley, shirley temple, temple Mickey Mickey Rooney, Rooney. uh dana Dern Dernan, judy garland margaret o'brien were the ones that won that award. Yeah. Uh, so Judy Garland. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. Well, I want to talk about her a little later because I think she's going to fall under the category of very well-known people who never won Oscars. Yeah, um, yeah. Unfortunately. We, do, we want to get into those later on because there are a lot of prominent people that you associate with being huge, iconic people in the history of cinema in the 20th century, and they never really got the awards consideration that you thought they did yeah and it's very interesting kind of putting into the perspective how important are awards really you yeah. know what i mean well i guess what would be good right now if it's okay to, to uh -huh. transition to the a little bit of the origins of the statue itself oh okay yeah we'll you know, talk about um, the quote unquote oscar statue yeah yeah so because this wasn't actually con called an oscar until yeah. later on yeah, they initially, at first when the idea came up about giving out something, they didn't even know what they were going to give out. They were they going to give a plaque out? Were they going to give a, some kind of certificate? So when the, when the idea came to them by um, a designer, it was designed by, I had the name here, um, uh, Edgar Bergman uh, mm -hmm. designed it. And then it was put together by I am uh, uh, George Stanley. I'm sorry, it's Cedric Gibbons designed it and George Stanley uh, put it together. Yeah, and, he's the sculptor. Yeah, he sculpted with the with the still looks like today. And so there's a mystery behind the statue about of the name the naming of it. Yeah, the, the, who who came up with the name? Betty Davis, who was who was actually kind of part of the 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 she was a president of the Academy Awards at the time, 
she said that she came up with the the name uh, based off of her first husband. Um, and she said the, the <laughs> rear end, the rear end, the butt of the statue looked like her husband's rear end, so she called it an Oscar. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which is my favorite. Uh, my favorite. That one sounds like a lie. Um, <laughs> Uh, the other one is uh, Margaret Margaret Henrik. Uh, she was a, a executive secretary secretary for the academy, and she had an uh, a cousin who she had a nickname for as Uncle Oscar um, that she you know had used. I guess this was back in 1931. So that's kind of the earliest I think we we've heard heard you know in connection to the the statue and and whatnot. Uh, also a columnist named Sydney. Uh, Skolsky, Skolsky um, had put it in, a, in an article he had written. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it, there's no rule for sure. Um, I mean, even Walt Disney called it, you know, an Oscar in 1932. Um, so, like, we're not really sure who necessarily came up with the name Oscar. But I, I think that the secretary, Margaret H Henrik, sounds like the, the legit one for me. Um because Betty Davis, I think, is just an actress, and she well, yeah, yeah, that, she, that sounds a little far fetched. Yeah but, yeah, but what is interesting about the Oscar is the statue itself is not solid gold. It's actually no, no, no. when they because uh, I watched a video of them making the mold and making the actual statue, and it just showed how it was made. And it's it's initially its initial mold is done in metal. Yeah. It's a metal statue that is dipped in like nickel and silver, and yeah. then it's finally dipped in 24 karat gold. So yeah. it's essentially like you know plated, plated in 24 karat gold. It's still shiny as hell, and it's, it's it was, still very nice. Yeah, I heard it. It actually costs like 250 bucks or something like that. Really? We should one. buy. We should buy one, Stephen. Get just, one, man. Just yeah, I, I just want one right here. I'll, <laughs> yeah. I'll hold it all the time. Yeah. And then like like years from now, people like like well, I'll ask you, man, how did you win that Oscar? And you just make up just crazy stories yeah, like right. oh yeah i directed one of the most popular things ever or you know my short film one or whatever yeah but yeah, yeah. what is also yeah. interesting about the oscar is um each oscar of course has a plaque on it or a plate yeah. on it that you know says academy award for best director you know and i believe it has the name of the winner yeah. and initially when these were done is is when you won the award you had to give it back to the academy uh -huh. and, the, and the academy would take it somewhere you know, do the etching for the plating and everything, put it on, send it back to you. Now what they do, now what they do since 2009 is when you go to the governor's ball afterward, the, you know, the after party is they literally do it right there. Yeah. It takes a couple of minutes and you go up to a person wearing an absurdly fancy outfit for working machinery and they, <laughs> and they etch your name in and they, they do the whole thing and you, they, they screw it on and whatever. And yeah. your, the award is yours and you can take it home. Um, what is interesting about the award itself is sometimes the older awards, they end up on auction somewhere or they end up yeah. on in pawn shops. People have sold them because they've fallen on hard times. I know there have been many celebrities and you know people in the film industry who have bought uh, Oscars uh, on auction and then returned them to the Academy because they didn't they didn't feel that it was right to 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 own them or they didn't feel yeah. like it was right for these things to be out and being sold i'm pretty sure steven spielberg's done this a couple of times and i'm pretty sure steven spielberg has bought betty davis's like original um oscar that she won for of human bondage in the 30s and he's returned it to wow. um the academy awards i'm not sure about that i know i, I believe leo dicaprio's done that as well but sometimes that happens and technically you're not supposed to sell these things but 
even though you own them, they're still technically kind of pseudo properties of the academy. So you're not supposed to do that. But you know, people fall on oh, hard times or whatever. And, and then, then, but I'm saying, if I win an Academy Award, I'm doing. Oh well, I mean, if you whatever. get one from, and I meant to say this, yeah. if you get, if you had gotten an Oscar from during the World War time, they were actually made of plaster, so they probably yes, yes, they were probably wouldn't they, have been uh, worth very much. They didn't have the, they didn't have the materials to make them, yeah. to make them, you know, with the metal and the gold and plating and all that kind of stuff. So they would give them plaster. And I don't know if you know this, plaster is not the greatest, you know, most durable material ever. Great. And so afterward, once the war was over and the and the materials were back to be available, they would you know remake them and give them yeah. away. Um, they still had the Academy Awards during World War II. There were still um, ceremonies still happening, even though a lot of you know filmmakers and actors and actresses did a lot for the war effort. Some actually fought in World War II. Some died in World William, War II. William Wyler, who was a director, was fighting in the war. Yeah, there were you know there's that great you know documentary from not last year, I think the year before the five who came back of about the five filmmakers who went there and just made you know films during the war. You know they went yeah. to. They 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 uh, showed they recorded battles. They went afterward. They went to concentration camps, and a lot of them were horribly, you know, traumatized by what they saw. So Hollywood has had a really intricate relationship with politics, pretty much from the very beginning. Yeah. So that's why today, when everyone is like, "Oh, why are the why are the Oscars being so political? Why is Hollywood and actors and actresses talking out being so political?" It's been inherently involved in Hollywood for pretty much yeah, forever. Politics have been in film forever. It's and never, the awards, the Academy Awards, have been heavily involved in politics several times. Um, most prominently, probably most well known is when Marlon Brando won his Academy Award for or, The Godfather. Or, or was it God? Oh, okay, okay. Was for The Godfather, and he sent a Native American woman in his yeah. stead to not receive the award, but reject the award outright because of Hollywood's treatment of the Native American and and in movies and whatnot, which of course hasn't been hasn't been great. They were always seen as you know savages and just awful you know you know antagonists and whatnot they were actually often played by white people in in you know really tan makeup and whatnot so it, that that was a big thing um there was a, a lot of other political speeches as well um that are very very interesting because there's probably gonna be a lot more political <laughs> excuse me there's probably gonna be a lot of more political speeches coming up very very soon especially it, it, in the current I, climate we are in the thing is is it it doesn't necessarily bother me, but sometimes it becomes a little too much. Like everybody seems to have something they want to say, and, and and shit. That's what. That's another reason the damn Oscars going so long. Damn people got these damn speeches that last five minutes. Yeah, I, I, I know. That, yeah, I mean, I think people need to be better prepared if they if they win. And I understand you don't want to go in being cocky being like oh yeah i'm gonna win so i'm gonna write this this lovely yeah. heartwarming speech and then when you don't win you just kind of rip it up and throw it away but that being a little more prepared and more concise and understanding you know writing down who you want to thank and all that kind of stuff and what you want to say is important um what is interesting now that we have social media and it's social media is so prominent that you 
literally have a gigantic platform every single moment of every single day to get your political thoughts out there if you are a celebrity. So you don't necessarily have to do it at the Oscars. You know what I mean? That it's not like, you know, 10, 20 years ago where that was literally the only you know, the only place where millions of people would be gathered to watch at one time. You know, now you can literally contact millions of people through a couple of clicks. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, there have been, and where do we else do we want to go? I think I, I want. I think I want to talk about. Uh, well, something I do want to mention is that there were two cinematography awards that they were given out. Um, between 1939 and I believe, and into the 1960s, I believe, because they wanted to award both cinematography for black and white films as well yeah, as cinematography yeah. for color films, films that were in color, because color was kind of this brand new thing in the 1930s. And what is interesting about that is the la the only film to win an Oscar that is shot entirely in black and white is Schindler's List, since they've yeah. gotten rid of having those two different categories. Um, which, which who knows this year that could change. That definitely, if, yeah. <laughs> if Roma wins this year, yeah. then that could definitely change. Or, or if uh, Cold War wins for cinematography, oh, yeah. Or if Cold War wins, that could also happen. Um, let's talk about something i want to talk about and that is biggest oscar upsets yeah um yeah. just because it's always the fun, know, it really, fun subject. There, can, there can only really be one winner um yeah, yeah and sometimes there are ties sometimes there are ties remember a few years ago i can't remember a few years ago the only oscar that zero doc 31 was tied with something else and it was like best sound design or sound mixing i i can't remember um I'm just a big fan of Zero Dark Thirty, so I was upset that that movie did not win more Oscars. But predominantly, um, a lot of upsets are more remembered for the best picture category than for the other categories. Um, for me, and one of the most notorious is, I, I don't know if I've said it before on, on the podcast, but I've said it before somewhere out there, and that is citizen kane not winning best picture over the film how green was my valley yeah yeah. because citizen kane is literally considered one of the greatest films ever made or in many people's cases the greatest film ever made yeah. so looking back in retrospect um that film losing has got to be one of the biggest upsets ever <laughs> you know what i mean yeah, um, one of the I think, and a lot of times, of course, with hindsight, it's easier to yeah to, 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 to say, "Hey, that was dumb," you know. Because for me, you know, something like, uh, and, and this is obviously, I'm probably in the minority here, but <laughs> I'm not a big fan of Annie Hall. Um, and you know, it also came out the same year as Star Wars that got nominated. And you know, as you can see, a lot more people were talking about Star Wars than uh, we're talking about Annie Hall. I think right. That's so, what is interesting that when you look back at best picture winners is they're very in in tune with the time in which they came out and a lot of them don't have lasting effect. Do you know what I mean? Like they don't yeah, yeah, they, sometimes they're very much in they're not thinking about wow, this is a benchmark in time. This could be the set of something new. They're more like, oh, we're just gonna we're gonna let win what always wins, you know, the biopic. Yeah or the you know the, the same old shit you know because right. 
the Oscars are kind of set in their ways a lot. They have to be, you know, punched in the face by society. Yeah, to, uh, and a lot of that has been, I think, from the 1980s up until now. I think the 1980s, I think, is a specific time where we saw films winning Best Picture that don't feel like they are specifically connected with the time in which they came out yeah. in. That's yeah. when you get a lot of, like, biopics, period pieces, things like that. You get, you know, Chariots of Fire won Best Picture. Amadeus won Best Picture. Yeah. Um, Out of Africa won Best Picture. That was I, Driving Miss Daisy, Gandhi. I think, won at the end of that. Gandhi won. These are all, you know, fine, fine, fine movies. But when I think of the 1980s, it culturally, when it comes to pop yeah. culture and just what is going on, it, there's such a disconnect with what films were being nominated for Best Picture at yeah, that time. It feels like it's connected to the time it was in. It doesn't. Yeah. And that's when you get a lot of the films that I think have been considered quote-unquote Oscar films, or yeah. even by today's standards, Oscar bait-type movies. One, they have to be dramas, they have to be uh, biopics, period pieces, um, typically, you know, uh, downer films, sad films. Yeah. Um, and they also really love films where people have physical transformations, yeah. whether it be someone who is dealing with a physical handicap or, in some cases, my, a mental my handicap. Left foot, my left foot. My left foot. It didn't but win best won, picture, but, but he but won. Yeah, he won. Yeah. The one of the more famous films for for that, of course, is Forrest Gump, which uh, did win Best Picture over both yeah, Pulp Fiction and yeah. Shawshank Redemption. Uh, also, uh, Rain Man. Rain Man won Best Picture as well. I still think that's a great film. It's uh, a good that, movie. It's solid, but I don't think. Yeah. I mean, if I could look at the with the nominees, where I bet you I could find something that was better. Oh, I'll find. I'll find it for you. Um, yeah, find it for me real quick. Yeah, uh, yeah I'm very. Yeah, Rain Man won in the it was nominated the year with. Uh, the Accidental Tourist, which I haven't seen. I've seen it. Dangerous, okay. Dangerous Liaisons, which I have seen. Yeah. Uh, Mississippi Burning, which may be the more uh, film that has withstood the test of time. Yeah. And then finally, Working Girl, which is another okay. film that's probably stood the test of time. Mississippi, yeah, Mississippi Burning. Burning seems like, like the, the more, it, once in again, hindsight, a, yeah, movie, a movie that actually, I mean, that movie I think takes place in the 60s maybe. Right. I don't think that movie's in 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 the set in present day, but like it's still a very relevant movie. Yeah, it's still a film that is that has withstood the test of time a lot longer. And granted, at the time, you're not thinking 20, 30, 40 years yeah. in the future. You know, yeah. is this film still going to be relevant in forty years? That's why we should give it the Oscar. Yeah. No, I mean, we're not thinking that. We're great, looking great performance in Rain Man. Yeah. You know, of course, Dustin Hoffman's great, but it's I don't know, it's a little bit forgettable. Yeah, and, and you have other films uh, of that decade, like The Last Emperor, which is another biopic. It's a film I really love, um, by Bernardo Bertolucci. Um, you have Platoon, which is Oliver Stone's best film, arguably. Um, what else is it? What's that? Color Purple. Uh, it didn't win Best Picture. Well, I mean, what? I was just well, I was going to actually. Oh, say, you're, throwing, you're just throwing things out. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. I, I meant I, I thought it did win, but I guess I, I forgot that it did. It was but actually it, nominated the same year as Out of Africa. Yeah, I was going to say this was a big. I mean, like Spielberg finally won for Schindler's List, but almost all his stuff got nominated in the in the eighties, like uh, E.T., uh, yes. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yep. Um, uh, the Color Purple, like, which I think was still in the seventies. But yeah, um, that was still in the seventies. But col uh, Color Purple, like you said. Yeah. Um. Yes, he's, uh, he didn't win. Yeah, you're right. Until Schindler's List, ninety three. Even his movies before that, like I said, Close Encounters 
and Jaws were both nominated. So he was nominated almost for almost all his major movies throughout the 70s, going into the 80s, going into the 90s. Um, and then even today, he still gets nominated. His movies get nominated countlessly almost every time he puts out a movie. Stephen, but Close Encounters was not nominated. It was nominated. Oh, I'm looking, and I'm not seeing. You sure? Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking, and I'm not seeing. I don't think it was. Let me look. I'll look. Uh, I'll I'll look that up right away, because I know Jaws was. Because I remember that there's this video on YouTube of Spielberg watching the the nominations. You know, they're announcing the nominations for the for no, that. You're right. It's not. Yeah, it won one Oscar, uh, Close Encounters. It won Special for Best Achievement Award. Where the hell that is? Special Achievement Award for Frank E. Warner for sound effects editing. I think I remembered it as it was one of his movies he got Best Director nomination for. That's probably what it was. Yeah, he did get nominated. Damn, he got everything but a Best Picture nomination. Yeah, which is weird. That that's, that's a pretty rare one. <laughs> How's yeah. that possible? Yeah. It's hmm. a really great directed movie. Really film, film editing yeah. was great, but you're not going to get an Oscar nomination for Best Picture. No, sir. We can't, can't do it. Just can't do it. It's kind of the opposite of how we talk about how there's certain movies that get Best Picture nominations but don't get a Best Director. Yeah, it know? doesn't make any sense. Um, and then, yeah. Argo, that happened to Argo a few years ago. I remember Ben yeah. Affleck uh, was literally won maybe every directing award going into the Oscars where he wasn't even nominated. Yeah. But he did get the Oscar because he was a producer on Argo. Yeah. Um, very, very fascinating how that works um there have been another there have been other um uh upsets uh kevin costner beating martin scorsese for best director uh well that year in general i mean yeah i mean good losing to dances with wolves is yeah that's another one which just blows my mind we also we already mentioned forrest gump which is i don't know if that's necessarily an upset because I think all three of those movies... That movie um, was a phenomenon when it came out. Yeah, that's yeah. what it is. The context of when that movie came out is... Also, is, he's Tom, factored in. Yeah, Tom Hanks was like... And he still is, like the father of America. So, you know, yeah, like people love Tom Hanks. Yeah, he is. Um, he, the, didn't, he had already, didn't he already win for Philadelphia, too, the year before? Yeah, he won back-to-back -back years. Best yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. The, one of the biggest ones, and this is gonna, I'm going to say this until I pass out or die uh, one day... Crash winning Best Picture still uh, blows my mind. Uh, Over the films it's nominated against, shock me. Munich. <laughs> Munich. Brokeback Mountain. Munich. Also, Munich, another Spielberg movie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's yeah, it's one of the worst ones ever. Um, one that I always bring up, well, a couple that I always bring up, even though they're not necessarily upsets, they're just movies I think are better than the ones that won. I always say E.T. should have won over Gandhi, but you know that's a sentimental probably, pick. Yeah, that's my sentiment. I'm sorry, E.T. is just a classic. <laughs> I don't hear anybody talking about Gandhi anymore. I know. Um, uh, and then the other one is, of course, my favorite movie, L.A. Confidential, losing to Titanic. Which Titanic, it's an achievement technically, <laughs> but you know I don't know that the movie itself was a better movie. I mean, come on. I mean, yeah. It, yet again, at the time, that movie was a phenomenon. It was, it was, it was it, yeah, it was everybody saw it. I mean, it made two over two billion dollars. Yeah, and, there was, and there have been many big time iconic actors, actresses who have uh, kind of gotten their name and their prestige based off of the award. The award, um, the the person who has won the most awards for an actress is. 
um, Catherine Hepburn. She's yeah. won four times. Um, Meryl Streep, I believe, has won three times. She's been nominated 21 times. Yeah. And she's won three awards. That's <laughs> kind of crazy. Um, I believe Best Actor, I want to say... Nicholson's won There's probably a tie between a bunch of Nicholson them. And Dan- Daniel Day-Lewis. I know Daniel Day-Lewis has won, uh, all, but has won three, I believe. Him and Nicholson and he, have the most. Yes. that Yeah, Daniel Day-Lewis has three... And he he has the most. Yeah, he yeah. has six nominations, three wins. There's a bunch of people tied at two. Spencer Tracy, Jack Nicholson, yeah. Brando, Hoffman, Gary Cooper, Tom Hanks has two, Frederick March has two, Sean Penn has two. Yeah, yeah he, uh, won then for, are, he won for Milk and he won for uh, Mystic River. And then there are those who have the most nominations. Uh, Lawrence Olivier had the most uh, tied with Spencer Tracy, but Lawrence Olivier famously never. Uh, I believe he won. I'm thinking Did he won? who didn't have any. Um, Peter. I mean, I mean for the for the longest time until recently, Christopher Plummer hadn't won anything. He finally, he finally won. Um, I think. Let's see. What what are some of the big ones that never won? Like, um, Tool, I mean, it, I can tell you that. Uh, well, I mean, we if you're talking filmmakers, there's there's of course Alfred Hitchcock never won an Academy oh, yeah. Award. Yeah. Lawrence Olivier has won an Oscar. He's won an honorary Oscar. He's won one for playing Hamlet, and he's won another honorary Oscar. So, yeah, he's technically won three, one in competition. I don't consider yeah. the honorary Oscars winning an Oscar. It's it's it, it, is, it uh, is, but it's a little bit cheating. I, yeah, bit I cheating. like to like when I say, "Oh, that person's never won an Oscar." I mean, they've never won one in competition. Do you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Like. Did, like, did Chaplin ever win? I don't think Chaplin uh, he won, ever won. He won, I want to say, an honorary Oscar. Yeah, yeah. So he, know, he didn't win one in competition. Yeah. yeah, Peter O'Toole, who I think is one of the greatest actors of all time, never won an Oscar in competition. He got an yeah. honorary award in 2003. He never won one in competition. He was nominated, like I said, uh, eight times. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight times, um, including most recently in 2007. Uh, yeah. before he passed away uh so yeah he's one of the best ever like you said hitchcock never won one in competition kira kurosawa never won one ingmar, Ber- Ing- ingmar bergman never won one um yeah. these are some big uh, titanic names that never won an oscar and sure, yeah. it just kind of goes to show that maybe the end all be all is not winning an oscar yeah i would say back especially if somebody like ingmar bergman you know being a foreign film art house director Probably didn't necessarily. I mean, especially when did you say that the foreign film category was established? Fifty-seven. Yeah, fifty-seven. Yeah, so so there was a good time period of where his some of his best movies weren't even in the in the um, in the conversation because they were foreign films. Right. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, since then, I mean, yeah, there's there've been there've been some modern people who've never won an Oscar. Yeah. I've been nominated several times. Glenn Close has never won an Oscar. She's been, Hopefully, maybe she she may win this year. She may yeah. win this year. Amy Adams is notoriously one of the current actresses who keeps getting nominated yeah. a lot. <laughs> she's never, she never won an Oscar. Has just got nominated again this year. He has never won. Uh, Tom Cruise. Harrison Ford has never won an Oscar. He's only been nominated once. So, yeah. Joaquin Phoenix never won an Oscar. Johnny Depp he's uh, probably never going to happen. Uh, Sigour- Sigourney Weaver's never won an Oscar. Big name. 
um, Edward Norton, Annette Benning, who is, I think, is a fantastic actress and has never won. Ed Harris, who is kind of more of a um, character actor, has never won. Uh, one of our favorites, Michelle Williams, keeps getting nominated and she keeps not winning. Yeah. And it's getting about, crazy, uh, increasingly what about, frustrating. What about Vigo? Vigo Mortensen hasn't won yet. I don't believe he has. No, he's been uh, nominated a few times. He has been nominated a few times. Eastern um, Promises, Captain Fantastic. Um, this year for Green Book. That is true. Um, I don't think he's going to win this year either, but, uh, you know, he's going to give, he's, he's a great performer. I, Vigo's probably one of my favorites uh, today. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal still hasn't won yet, and he's one of my favorites. <laughs> that happens. He, yeah. um, yeah, he, he's still young though. <laughs> oh, of course, he's still got time. He's still young. Um, hey, but he's damn. I mean, he's put out some some fantastic performance. Like I said earlier, Nightcrawler, man. Didn't even get nominated. Yeah. Crime. Ian McKellen, I don't believe, has ever won an Oscar. Uh, Ray Fiennes has never won an Oscar. Alan, the late, great Alan Rickman never won an Oscar. Um, it's kind of sad, actually. Uh, the actor who just died never won an Oscar and probably should have. Um, oh, uh Bruno Gans. Oh, Bruno Gans. Yeah, he literally just passed away. Yeah. Uh, but I'm thinking of Albert Finney. Oh, yeah, yeah. Probably should have won for Big Fish. He's amazing in that movie. Nobody talks about the movie Big Fish, the Tim Burton film. Um, and it's one of Tim Burton's best films. And it, 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 it sticks out because it's... One, it's not... It doesn't have his typical usual stuff that's in it maybe that's why i like it so much uh but yeah i i love that film and you know the film stars ewan mcgregor and albert in the late albert finney and just a very fantastic film well could, let's get to a positive note get where, to a positive. Is, we gotta get so we gotta get positive where, where here. Down. favorite oscar movies that have won best picture i, I know you're probably your number one is oh yeah i mean just go with i guess just cut cut through the fat here and go yeah, straight yeah, to the top yeah. Uh, Return of the King. Yeah. <laughs> I we're never going to see a fantasy film win eleven Oscars again. <laughs> no, it's, you know, I don't it's, think we're going to see a film win eleven Oscars again because the way the Academy is going right now is things are kind of divvied up. You know, the most yeah. a film will win will be um, maybe three or four, maybe three or four. You know, if somebody makes a run with the technical awards, perhaps that'll happen, but. Everything else is just, you know, not. They like to spread the love writing. around as much as they can. Yeah, and the clo and the and typically genre films in general don't do well, and they definitely don't win Best Picture. La that's why last year's The Shape of Water is so unique, is because it's a film that is a mixture of several genres. You know, yeah. it's a romance, it's a fantasy, it's a horror, it's. That's um, a monster movie, and it's so many different. It's a political movie. It's so many different things. It's a, it's 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 it's, it's, a, it's a movie about a woman, a mute woman having sex with a, a oh, fish man. Oh, breaking breaking it down. I mean, it's, it's 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 weird, which is awesome. I can't wait to get twenty five years from now and tell somebody, <laughs> yeah, you remember that movie that won Best Picture back in two thousand and seventeen or whatever? The, the damn Shape of Water fish movie. That's yeah, pretty awesome. I mean, I mean, we are, you know, Cinema Discovery Project, so we got to go back, back in time. But some of my favorite, oh, well, you know, my favorite is It Happened oh. One Night. Oh, okay. That's you one of my favorite. Back. Um, 
Yeah, you go way, way back to it's one of the one of the few the, yeah. the big five. Um, yes, it did. Uh, the best I picture, best actor, actress. Yeah, um, it won best actor, best actress, best picture, best director, best director and I think best screenplay. Yeah, it's it's an all time movie. I think it's the literal bedrock in which um, all it's romantic all comedies comedy. are made not made but all romantic comedies take from this movie the it has all the templates there yeah the templates there yeah, I mean, I mean, it, it's back in a time when comedies would win you know like it didn't really happen anymore yeah comedies typically don't even get nominated now yeah. and if they do they have to be more comedy dramas or they're dramedies not, like, as they're the called comedies are like yeah they're very they're mixed with a lot more drama yeah um some of my, you know, Gone with the Wind is an all-time classic. That one best picture, 1939. And um, what is interesting, Rebecca, which is one of Hitchcock, I believe Hitchcock's first American film, yeah. at least earliest film made in Hollywood, won best picture. But he didn't win an Oscar for it because he was not one of the producers. The directors back then were not the producers of their films typically. They, the films were, you know produced by the studio so it would be the studio heads would be the ones who have their names as producers on the films you know what i mean so he did not get the credit for that really um, like um i really yeah, like uh on. another good one is uh best years of our live live yeah uh, that was, that's watch. an amazing movie yeah. um you know casablanca is one of my favorite films of all oh, time yeah, I, yeah. I mean we, we i believe you've talked about how much you like the lost weekend billy wilder is the apartment one best yeah, one one best best picture, nineteen sixty, starring Jack Lemmon and Shirley MacLaine. Um, All about Eve is another film that I really really love. I think Betty Davis should have won the Oscar that year. She didn't over Judy Holiday in Born Yesterday, which is a film yeah, that yeah. I really like. Um, um, Lawrence of Arabia. Lawrence of Arabia is one of my favorites of all time. That movie yeah. is epic beyond epic. Um, what is actually considered um, an upset win? is an American in Paris. It was yeah, an upset win because a lot of people thought that A Place in the Sun was supposed to win, directed by George Stevens, or A Streetcar Named Desire, which was Eli yeah. Kazan's film, in which was uh, starring Marlon Brando and Vivian Lee. Um, that, that film is is incredible. Well, of course, we, we would know what would happen a few years later. Yeah, on the waterfront. On the win. waterfront, 1954. <laughs> that is, you know, literally Marlon Brando's breakout film. That film yeah. is... You know, an all-time classic, probably being shown in every film school, every acting school on the planet. And um, um, what is it? The Godfather, Godfather Part One and Two. Part One and Two did win. Um, I, I'm a preferred to two. I don't know. I don't know what you think. I, I like the first one. I'm one of the people who like the first one more. I don't know why. Yeah, I like I, I like two because I, I like the I like the parallel stories. I I do yeah. like the parallel stories. What I love about the first one is maybe I like it because it's the the rise of michael corleone um yeah. as opposed to you know we're seeing him already in his um you know crime boss you know prime if you will i kind of like the almost the the degeneration of a human being to to get to that point where you become the godfather you know what i yeah. mean um and it's it's a much tighter film than i think the second one is because the second one is like you said balancing both the past and the present yeah I think, lots I think, of things happening in it yeah you know? i think i like the second one more because i like how it it uses the the, the dual storylines of showing the rise of of um the original uh 
played well, I can't I'm not blanking on the name of the character but but um Brando's character right um, Vito um, Vito Corleone um and played by Robert De Niro um showing that parallel story of how he came up in it and and how and he how he became the man he was who was a little bit more level-headed and then Michael became becomes more of an iron fist roller of sorts right. um and so. showing 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 the Kind of, kind of, almost in a way showing the tragic kind of descent of him. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I, 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 I mean, they're both great, but I, I, great. I, I kind of, both, I kind of find the second one a little bit more interesting. But um, another, another yeah. one that I love and that I have to mention is a smaller, a smaller film, and that is the film of Marty starring Ernest Borgnine, yeah, yeah, yeah. which came out the year after on the waterfront one and it was actually considered a bit of an upset win because it's such a s small film um and it is a film that i think is incredibly relatable to me personally yeah, yeah. i think it's incredibly uh modern in many of its aspects as well and i just think ernest borgnine is fantastic in the movie um you have other films like bridge on the river Kwai, ben hur which is yet again a gigantic epic william wyler's gigantic epic um, uh, the apartment which you meant. West Side Story is actually probably my favorite musical of all time. I think that that Spielberg's film about to remake it. I know Spielberg's about to remake it. The cinematography in that movie in West Side Story, I think, is amazing. So underrated. The choreography, I think, is incredible as well. Um, uh, and the story is basically Romeo and Juliet. You know, yeah. So people familiar with that will, will what like are it. Some of your more modern ones you like. Uh, let me shoot back up. How modern are we talking here? I mean, let's uh, start from the 90s. Like, uh, how about right. like, uh, Silence of the Lambs? Okay, Silence of the Lambs I really like. And that's another film that's a genre film and a horror film that you probably won't really see be nominated yeah. again. I mean, yeah. it's a cannibalistic serial killer film. Yeah. I mean, it's a really, it's a dark and dirty it's, and at times time. disgusting film. It's of its time because in that time we were having a lot of things with true crime going on. And I think that maybe it just hit at a certain a certain point where it was very relevant, and it kind of defines the uh, procedural, you know, in a way. That movie kind of right. popularizes that procedural um, uh, template for movies. Um, also, um, uh, coincidentally, that year, can you just look at the nominees from that year. You had Silence of the Lambs, uh, Beauty and the Beast, yeah, Bugsy, that, which was I think was the first animated movie uh, of that time, or or maybe of all time to get nominated, right? Maybe I would have to see if um, Snow White was nominated. I'm not sure, but it may you may be right in that. I know. Well, the reason why it was nominated is because there was no best animated feature yeah, category yeah, yeah. yet. Yeah, I, think, I think it might have been the first animated movie to get nominated. I think you may be right. Um, but it, uh, other films that were nominated that year: JFK and The Prince of Tides. It's a very eclectic group of films. Yeah, Could yeah. be more diverse. Uh, but other, you know, '90s films: Unforgiven. I a think one. is the last of the westerns in mainstream critical uh, arena. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Because the western used to be the most popular genre of film around. You know. 30s 40s 50s um in the 60s it started to, to start to change when you got sergio leone's uh, spaghetti westerns you had sam peckinpah doing the dirty um uh, the wild bunch uh, you had a, a change in the american western and you also had clint eastwood come along at the time and was doing his own versions of 
the spaghetti westerns here in the United States, in American versions, you know, Hollywood versions. And so I think that that's kind of the last gasp of the Western was, I think, Unforgiven. And it's not that there haven't been great Western films since, just never, you know, winning, not getting nominated for Best Picture. Yeah, I mean, like, and then you really didn't get a a Western nominated for Best Picture until True Grit, I think, in 2010 with the Coen brothers. I'd have to really look that up, but you could you can make a a case that No Country for Old Men is a bit of a Western. It's kind of a Western, yeah. It's kind of a Western. Even then, that was, what, 2007? 2008, 2007, 2008. Yeah, somewhere yeah. around there. Um but other films, uh, Braveheart was one of the first rated R films I ever saw when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah. And that was when Mel Gibson was in his prime as they, an they actor a, and director. The, the thing during the 90s was letting actor-directors win everything. <laughs> Kevin yeah, Costner, Johnny think about it, yeah. And, and yeah, that was the and, thing. And I'll say this. As much as The English Patient is not a beloved Best Picture winner, I, I actually really like the film. Do I think it's better than the other nominees? The other nominees being Fargo, Jerry Maguire, Secrets and Lies by Mike Lee, and, and Shine? Perhaps not. Yeah. <laughs> but I still think The English Patient is a great film by the, the late underrated director, Anthony Minghella. Um, so yeah, that's my two takes on that. And then we finish out the decade with Titanic, Shakespeare in Love, which Probably should. It's kind of controversial, but I mean, I've grown. It's not. To, a, it's not a bad movie. Straight up, it's not a bad movie. Um, is it like I said, similar to what I said about English Patient? Is it better than Life Is Beautiful or Saving Private Ryan or even The Thin Red Line, or or Elizabeth? Probably not. Probably not. But I mean, probably it's, not. It's close uh, enough that it doesn't bother me, honestly. Uh, to be honest, it, it bothers me a little bit because Thin Red Line is amazing. Life yeah. Is Beautiful is incredible. What is interesting that year, maybe you know, going back to. What I was saying about upsets, apparently um, Roberto Benigni winning for Best Actor was a bit of an upset, and I'm like, not if you've seen Life is Beautiful, it's not. that movie, <laughs> That's an amazing movie with amazing performance. Um, but of course, the, the decade ends with one of your favorite films, oh, uh, American Beauty oh. by Sam Mendes. Kind of threw up in my mouth a little bit. <laughs> Steven does not like that it's movie. Not, it's just, I, it's so, it's just so forgettable. Talk I, about it, a movie weird. that... Talk about a movie that hasn't done well in hindsight. It really, it, it's not aged well. I don't think. I think I've heard a lot of people considering think about what that we movie know. Now. Yeah, considering what we know now in our kind of perception of uh, sexuality and its, yeah. it, it, you know, specifically sexuality between younger and older people and how creepy it literally is and the way that film, the way that film depicts it is not aging well currently. Oh, and, and, and it doesn't help that Kevin Spacey started. Yeah. Yeah. Kevin Spacey's <laughs> career has kind of gone into the dump. Yeah. And this kind of been a reevaluation of Sure, sure. I don't hold, I don't really hold that against the movie, but it's, no. it's, it's, it doesn't help when that's in the back of your mind. No, it doesn't help now. And then of course the 2000s is is an interesting time because we got, you know, Gladiator. The return of the sandal of the sword and sandal epic yeah. in Gladiator, which everybody tried to mimic afterwards and nobody ever reached it. We've talked about that before. Um, A Beautiful Mind, I think, is an amazing movie. Ron Howard, I think, is an underrated director. Um, And even that year in general, I think, is a strong year of films. A Beautiful Mind, Gosford Park by the late, great Robert Altman, In the Bedroom, which is a film no one talks about, but it's actually a really good film. And of course, you have Fellowship of the Ring, my favorite. And then Moulin Rouge, which is actually really, really good. Baz Luhrmann 
the one thing you can say about Baz Luhrmann is his films are ambitious as hell. They yeah. really, really are. Um, I mean, Chicago, yeah, kind, of, kind of skimming. We, we should skim, skim over some of this stuff. But skim over, Clint, yeah. The Lord of the Rings, Million Dollar Baby, Crash, come on now. Well, I mean, like Clint Eastwood had a big thing here in the mid Yeah, he had a big resurgence. Yeah, yeah. He, he started getting nominated and winning for everything. Like every year, it's like, oh, when's Clint Eastwood's next movie going to be nominated? <laughs> yeah. Like, he had Million Dollar Baby, he had Mystic River, he had. Yeah, you know, just huge, just every, you know, two letters, uh, letters from me, Iwo Jima, you know. Like. Yeah, that, you know, the letters from Iwo Jima is the underrated film from him. I think it's probably one of his best. And the other one that was the, the companion piece didn't get nominated, but no, Lives of Our Father. It did not. Um, Coincidentally, I actually read that book and I was super, yeah. super excited for the movie. Um, we have to also mention, I mean, just for us personally, The Departed, I know, is an uber popular movie, especially up here in in the northeast like i live an hour south of boston i live an hour south of boston and when it comes to anything film related with boston it's super popular here that's probably why mark Wahlberg is super popular here is because you know there's that you know that hometown favorite type of mentality and departed being set in boston mark Wahlberg's in it matt damon's in it local guys jack nicholson's playing a version of whitey bulger famous you know mobster from boston um Maybe yeah, I think it was Whitey Bulger. But anyway, yeah. yeah, and so. and like that movie was the first time Scorsese had won Scorsese's film had won Best Picture, I believe. This I believe this was yeah. the first and only time he's won Best Director. Yeah. And this is two thousand and six, mind you, and he's been working since like the late sixties yeah. on movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. So that was kind of a big moment. Um, and of course, the Coen brother, the Coen brothers had no country. Slumdog Millionaire. How do you feel about that movie? I, I love that movie. You love that movie. I okay. love that movie. I, I think, yeah, sure. It's a little bit, um, it's a little bit like you could say overly, maybe overly sentimental at times, right. but like I mean, other, I, I find it to be a very unique movie and I love Danny Boyle. I think Danny yeah. Boyle is like one of the most underrated directors today. Like, like, like people see his movies and they're always super unique and things, but nobody ever, I don't hear anybody talk about him ever. Like he's he just, he has an incredibly diverse filmography. If you oh, look yeah. at it, yeah, and his new movie coming out yesterday, yes, looks awesome. You love it. You are a big Beatles fan. Yeah, so um, I mean, his his work in in this movie, yeah, the year it came out, it was like, oh look, it's the Who Wants to Be a Millionaire movie, you know. <laughs> but it, and I even said that at first, but then I saw it, and I'm like, dude, this is super entertaining. Um, such an emotional story of these children that grew up in. And uh, I, I think it was somewhere in Bengali, in, India, yeah, in India, you know, and and kind of growing up in the slums, and then kind of seeing these two brothers get torn apart, and then one kind of grown up into the crime element, one grown up in kind of the normal reality, uh, and then kind of it all clashing together with a woman and woman in the middle, you know, like a, a love in the middle, and and of course it's set around the Indian version of who wants to be a millionaire. And he's asked these questions. And as you, he gets told these questions, it sends him back into his past and you find out how he got the answer to the question. And I think, I think it's a, a brilliant movie. I, I really like it. I, okay. I like the movie. Like I like the movie, but I think the other, other films in th that it was nominated against, I think are better. That that's just me. What, what other movies? Um, Curious case of Benjamin Button. Not better. For Frost Nixon, uh, that's an art good argument. Yeah, uh, Milk is really good. 
haven't um, seen it. I haven't oh, you haven't seen Milk? Gus Van Sant's yeah. Milk. It's really good. The Reader uh, with Kate Winslet. Yeah, it's okay. But I, I do want to mention next the, the one that won in 2009 because I think it's historically important, yeah. um, and that is The Hurt Locker because it is, it is directed by Catherine Bigelow. And <laughs> shocker here, Stephen, women haven't really been given that much love oh, really? by the Academy Awards when it comes to no, being nominated. <laughs> when it comes to being nominated, and best costume. <laughs> I'll say this though: <laughs> something I do want to mention right now is the the best costuming award should just be called the the Edith Head Award because yeah. Edith Head was nominated twenty five times for best <laughs> costuming and she won eight times. And I'm pretty sure there's an Edith Head building um, named after her at either Universal or Paramount. Uh, currently because like she's so famous for just making like all the costuming for all the major films yeah. in hollywood back in the day um but but outside of things like that which of course have their merit um women haven't been really nominated for best director um last year this is going to be maybe not shocking for anyone out there last year was the first time a female um, a, a female cinematographer was nominated for an Oscar ever. Great. And it's the only category of all of the Oscar categories that a female hadn't been nominated in before. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, you know, outside of best actor and best supporting actor and stuff like that. But yeah, that was the first time. And, and that's just like mind boggling to me <laughs> because it's two, it was 2018 and it's it just shows how far we still have to come for representation in the Oscars, and that's a whole thing of it in and of itself. If you're curious, the person who was nominated was Rachel Morrison, who was the cinematographer for D. Reese's film Mudbound, and which is you know a fantastic film. It's, I believe it's available on Netflix right now. I think it's in a Netflix movie. Um, so she was nominated for that. And that movie had a few award nominations as well. Um, so moving along to kind of more modern stuff, this has to be mentioned because it, it kind of goes to what we were saying before. The King's Speech winning is is considered a, an upset over films like The Social Network, over Better films like 100, 127 Hours, The Fighter, Inception, True Grit. I mean... Uh, yeah, I mean, look, it's not a bad movie. But no, it's, it's not. But that's an Oscar. Again, not, not as impactful as some of them other movies. That, people can't see me right now, but I'm putting up air quotes. That is a Oscar movie. Yeah, yeah. Biopic. It's, show, it's showing the Oscars age. Yeah. Yes. And that's kind of what they're trying to debunk now. Not debunk, but they're trying to change the voting body of the Oscars. Yeah, they, they, they Oscars come to bring, bring them into the times, the new age. They're trying to bring... Yeah, because movies like... In, like Just taking that year... Um, it, it just as a as a, an example, Social Network is a younger person's movie. Uh, Inception, younger person's movie. You know what I mean. So you know, to really get someone in into the times, you know, that really shows how far back they are. And they've tried now to introduce a lot more diversity into the voting body of the Academy. Yeah. There are thousands of members in the Academy, and they are you're typically in there forever. So they just keep getting older and older, and yeah. They're, the demographics of the voting body aren't great, but they're getting better. They're typically older people, white people, nothing wrong with being white, just saying, 
you know, it doesn't help with diversity no. at all. Um, and it's just they're getting more, they're getting younger people, they're getting more uh, a minority presence within the academy, and you're seeing that change, I think, taking effect now specifically with the movies that were nominated and won last year and the movies and some of the movies that are nominated this year and that kind of changing. And a lot of those you're seeing a lot of those changes are response to what has happened within the last, you know, nine or 10 years in the, in, in the Academy Awards ceremony, because the following year you had the artist win, you know what I mean? You had back to back years, you had the King's speech and the artist two more, you know, you know, films that are going to speak to the masses to a certain extent. Yeah. They'll speak to maybe people like us, cinephiles, but they're not going to speak to a larger audience. And if that's the people you want watching your telecast, you've got to give them something they want to see, but you don't want to sacrifice, you know, you know, just putting in anything just for ratings. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean that's like, why that popular the, the, category is garbage. I, you think, know I, mean? I think something like Shape of Water is a good example of that really happy is. medium. The happy medium between art and also something that everybody likes, you know, for the most part, you know, um, I mean, last year when we got Get Out, you know, Get Out yeah. is a great example of something that the mass liked, but also artistically it was great. Um, and we just need it, it more won best screenplay. Yeah. yeah, we need more people to take movies like that more seriously. And it's and I think it, yeah. with the expansion of the best picture best picture oscar category you can do that you just have to put the right films in there you know yeah. what i mean that's what you have to you know like last year like you were saying shape of water um you know shape of water is a is a larger type of movie it's done by guillermo del toro who a lot of people are aware of who he is you also had a film like dunkirk christopher nolan one of the most popular directors working today regardless of the films he's making where what 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 category or genre they're in and you had a movie like get out yet again super popular movie but you also had your prestige movies as well the phantom thread by paul thomas anderson which is going to speak to um you know the more you know cinephile type crowd like us who know who pta is and are fans of him and you also had the post steven spielberg yeah. big name director people know who steven spielberg is he's made some of the most well-known films of the last you know 40 years and you also had uh you know indie films in there as well in lady bird and i would even say three billboards outside ebbing missouri i yeah. consider an indie film as well regardless of you know the well-known cast that was in it so you had that diversity last year this year i think they've even taken you know a step further with including black panther as one of the nominees Definitely. getting a major genre tentpole film in there now, there's an argument whether it should be in there, but that's more subjective than anything. But even with having that in there, you still have another seven nominees that you can utilize to put, you know, maybe more Oscar-type films, which they have. You know, they put in The Favorite, which is, you know, a film by a, you know, an art house director like Yorgos Lanthimos. You have Roma, Alfonso Cuaron, who's, you know, making yeah. artful master masterpieces every single time. You know, and then you have... Uh, more crowd, fan crowd, fan. crowd <laughs> pleasing, pleasing. Like, like Green Book and Bohemian Bo Rhapsody. Bohemian Rhapsody. Uh, um, even A Star Is Born is another crowd. Big, you, know, yeah. you know, if you want to put in a political film, you've got Vice in Vice, there, which because you know yeah. Hollywood and Oscars are political Whatever. and all that stuff. Black <laughs> Klansman is another film that's deal that's political, yeah. but is dealing it was made by a director that is pretty well known in Spike Lee. I mean, yeah. he's at every single 
uh, New York Knicks basketball game at Madison Square Garden. People know who he is. So there is there's progress being made within the Academy Awards to make it more inclusive, to make it more um, diverse. But it has to keep going forward. And you and 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 what the Academy Awards need to do is not go absurdly too far, which I think they're trying to do right now by yeah. nixing categories for 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 the live broadcast or you know not having a host or um you know introducing another unnecessary category yeah i mean they're stuck they're stuck in they're stuck in a hard place because yeah. you know part of it is is it's like okay so if we if we if we really try to cut down the show with the, with just the, what we do the, the thing is is you gotta also think about the people that are at the actual award ceremony you want to entertain them too so to bring them in to just be like, oh, here you go, here, here you, you go. go, here, here you, go. You, go. Here you go, thank you, sir, here you go, thank you, <laughs> I'm a dumber, here you go, thank you, sir, you know, and and if you did that, then of course the people that all showed up for that big award ceremony is gonna be like, man, I came here for like an hour long ceremony, that was not worth it because you're getting people, you're getting all these stars to come into one place for for this big event that's basically for them, you know, to to pat each other on the backs. It very is, much is. It, yeah, that's it, kind of what. Louis B. Mayer's like original, I, like I, there was a quote in there that I that I can't remember what it's like, you know, if you'll give them like an award, they'll show up or something like that. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It, it was uh, very condescending towards uh, the uh, actors and directors and whatnot, but it, <laughs> it, 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 it there's a storied history of prestige with the Oscars as well that I don't think has helped it too much because when you when you have prestige, you separate yourself above everything you're elite you're, you're saying, saying you're, you're elite her. you're yeah. above everything and, and 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 to a certain extent the oscars have been that way if you think of all of the iconic people who have been who have won oscars marlon brando betty davis joan crawford katherine hepburn um uh, clark gable i believe he's won an oscar but um if or even just associate with the Oscar being nominated, Clark Gable, David Niven, um, like Lawrence Olivier, everybody, you know what I mean? There's a prestige within, and there's that prestige within Hollywood that is considered to be elite and above and separated from the rest of us. And yeah, now they're and trying to, now they're trying to get back down to well, the rest yeah, of us. Yeah, in today's <laughs> culture, people don't like elitists. Right. They like everybody to be on, which I, I, to an extent, yeah, I, I agree. I, yeah, sure, I don't like anybody pretending acting like they're better than me but right uh, there you know i mean there's I, I honestly if does it really matter like if somebody wants to hold certain things to a higher standard and give awards out for it let them do it, it who cares i mean it's not bothering anybody um right i think people are just a little too sensitive about everything these days um that is part of it know? as well but uh, them trying to get back down and connect with the general society is posing is being very difficult yeah, because yeah. like it's like for so long because they're like for so they're, long, they're condescending everybody yeah, about so, while yeah, doing it. yeah for so long you've been you've been creating this air above of elitism above us and now you want us to come back and and watch you hand out gold statues a nice and shit? popular I mean, film category for you <laughs> it's like we and of course the landscape in which people consume things now when it comes to television or movies or music is is so much different now nobody yeah. hardly anyone sits down for an appointed time to watch something unless it's something that is really really 
uh, important. Something like well, a, a sporting a event, show that yeah, or, or a big one big event that they're more interested in, like the Super Bowl. Um, but like, yeah, they'll binge watch something that's hours and hours long, but it's episodic and it's more exciting. <laughs> well, right, but I mean, even like popular television isn't super super popular. Maybe something like. Um, Game of Thrones on HBO but even then that's a prestige thing like that's a premium network you know what I mean nobody sits down at 8 o'clock at night anymore to watch you know a sitcom on CBS many do a lot less less. it's a lot less and dramas are even less now and people and I've said this I said this before and I'll say it again you need to give people access to these nominated movies easy uh, make it more easier yeah. Make it more efficient, make it more easier because some people still don't know what that movie is or have seen that yeah. movie. Maybe team up with it, maybe team up with streaming services and do it for a limited time, release these nominated maybe, movies. Or for or make these movies come out on Blu-ray or DVD or to streaming platforms quicker. Because yeah. one of the most, you know, quote unquote popular movies of 2018, whether you like the movie or not, it made you know, hundreds of millions of dollars. Bohemian Rhapsody just came out on Blu-ray last week. And that is like a like a week, like two weeks before the ceremony. Uh, a Star is Born, one of the coming most, is coming yeah. out this week. And granted, you could get it two weeks ago via a streaming, a streaming platform, but still, what is that, a month? You know, I'm barely a month before it comes out. People, there's so much to consume out there. People are, you know, are going to miss it. They're going to yeah. miss things like that. So you have to make these things available earlier, quicker, and easier so people would, wa- would want to tune in to see if their quote-unquote favorite film is going to win something. You know what I mean? There's that detachment as well. Yeah. So there's a whole bunch of problems going on with the Academy, and I don't know how they're going to oh, fix I mean, that's, it. That's obviously a coordination with, with distribution. That's a whole other... That's a whole other mess right whole now. Other thing, you know, if you really want your movie to get more of that Oscar... Uh, uh, you know, push, then then that's up to the studio to make that happen. And then you uh, got to coordinate with the theaters now. And there's a whole fight between the theaters and the studios about distribution, because I think the, stu- yeah, the studios want to get them out earlier, but it's the theaters. I think that are kind they of, should, they should make it. So they, they should direct it to a streaming service. And maybe that could be like a damn channel for like a limited time, Oscar nominated movies and things. And you go to that channel, and it's like, all, and you you can watch any any of them. Like it, that would be perfect. They um, should really, especially with the short films, yeah, release short that film, stuff online. Yeah. Put it on YouTube. Put it somewhere where people can see these movies. Like because the theaters, because if you're but, gonna yeah. if you're gonna post them on, if you're gonna you know take the time like they're going to 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 uh, announce the nominees, give out the award speech and whatever. It'd be nice if people had access to the short films in order to watch them. Same yeah. thing with documentaries as well. Documentaries is such a rather niche genre of film right now that you, it needs, it, it needs accessibility badly. You know what I mean? It needs, it's, it needs it's, it more it's so. It's hard to find good ones in theaters. Yeah. And yeah, so. it's tough to find documentaries that come to theaters, yeah. local theaters. This year was actually an exception. There was a lot of good ones in theaters. There but, were. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, it's it's an ongoing. This is an ongoing uh, thing, and I'm I, honestly, I'm very interested to see how this this Oscars turns out this year, and of course, what they're going to do moving forward. Um, what, what other new surprise things do they want to try to throw at us? I'm very, gonna, yeah. I'm yeah, I'm very curious how this ceremony is going to go next Sunday. Because and I, and I think, yeah, no I host. Think, who knows? No host. Yeah. Who? Yeah. 
Yeah, who who knows? What's I wonder gonna who's going to start the show. Like, who are we going to get on the Are we going to get the president <laughs> <laughs> of, the, of the academy come out and oh, say that something? guy? Coincidentally, wow. uh, I believe his name is John Bailey. He's actually a cinematographer. Yeah, and I'm and like, he wanted dude, to get rid of the cinematographer category in the main <laughs> he's, broadcast. He's like, oh yeah, my my fellow cinematographers, they'll love being relegated to, come to nowhere. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I think you know next next episode uh, will be right before the Oscars, so we won't be able to talk about it on the next episode. But the episode after, I think we'll we, we'll probably discuss a little bit of the winners and some surprises or whatnot. There's always surprises. All um, right, and who knows who's going to win Best Picture this year? I'm oh. my, my 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 hope is Roma. That's just me. Yeah, I hope Roma wins um, because I don't want Bohemian Rhapsody to win. I don't want Bohemian Rhapsody to win, and I don't want Green Book to win. I don't want Vice to win. Um, so best, so I, I would say if I pick other, something other than Roma, I'm probably going to say The Favorite um, because it's too, it's it's a it's a unique movie, and that's one I would prefer to see. I mean, Black Panthers. And you know what? Black Klansman's another one. I'd take Black Klansman. If, um, if if Black Panther wins. It would be historic would be if historic. Black Panther would win. Even though it would be bullshit. It would be historic. <laughs> um, I mean, it's a good movie, but it's oh, not yeah. the best movie of the year, I don't think. I don't I, think it's even the best within its genre, but I think it's really good. Yeah, it's still a really good movie. Of, yeah, um, I did I did review on it on my channel. It's it yeah, it was definitely one of the best from the MCU, in my opinion. Um But yeah, so when we when we come back next time, we'll this will all be wrapped up. So who knows? What's It'll be wrapped. Up. Unfortunately, we, I mean, we do our episodes usually on Saturdays or Sundays, so we won't be able right. to talk about it right after. But uh, unless we maybe we decide to do some short little thing, I don't know. But um, I, I we'll have a whole different episode next week, and then the week after we'll we'll be able to give you kind of like our impressions. And um, yeah, so that's going to end our episode here on the Cinema Discovery Project. We hope you enjoyed listening. Uh, Andrew, where can you be found? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Capzilla06, as well as my YouTube channel, Capzilla Productions. And you can find me on Facebook, Stephen Billings. You can find me posting all the goodies I buy on my Insta uh, Instagram under the Cinema Discovery Project title. I also have us on YouTube. Uh, you can get the audio there. And then, of course, on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Podbean. And that will be it for this episode. Thanks for listening once again. Share us around. And hey, keep on watching them movies. I know I will. <laughs>